The human experience is that we peak around 25 years old. Then we stay relatively steady for about a decade, only to slowly and steadily decline over the next 40 or 50 years. This is the narrative that we've all come to accept as normal because it's common. But do we have to? Hey everybody, Aaron Wenzel here, host of the Concierge Medicine Show, where we bring you real conversations that you need to be having with your physician in 30 minutes or less. In this week's show, we're going to be kicking off a seven-part hormone series all about hormones, the myths, what's important, what's not, and most importantly, what these amazing chemicals mean for your body. This is episode 13, and today's episode is going to be the introduction to hormone replacement. In today's show, I'm going to be giving you the two most important reasons that you need to be replacing your hormones today, the two biggest misconceptions about hormone replacements, and I'm also going to be giving you a few conversations that you need to be having with your doctor about hormone replacement. So first of all, let's define what a hormone is. I just want to make sure that we start off with the proper semantics and definitions around the words that we're going to be using. And hormones are simply chemical messengers that our body produces in the endocrine glands and endocrine organs in our body that facilitate cell-to-cell communication um, with virtually every bodily process that you have hormones are at play. You know, um, they're critical for carrying messages, like I say, between cells and organs. They also um, facilitate growth, sexual development, mood, sleep, how we manage stress, how we digest food. They're virtually at play at every major function in your body. So understanding them is critical because when you have too low or too high, you get disease. I'm interested in you understanding how to optimize these wonderful chemicals to ensure that you're living the best, most healthy, vibrant version of you that is possible. So first of all, let's talk about the biggest misconceptions. I mean, there are a lot, there are a lot of people who are discussing this topic of hormones that perpetuate, um, misconceptions, um, false interpretation of data um, and uh, are really pushing along a lot of fear around the topic that frankly doesn't exist in the literature uh, or shouldn't uh, shouldn't exist based on what the literature is telling us and um, the, the first concept that we need to really 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 define so that there's no confusion is what is a bioidentical hormone and what is a synthetic hormone? So as we introed this show, I, I mentioned that hormones are produced by uh, glands and organs in our body that do all sorts of wonderful things. And th- those hormones, if you look at them at a biochemical level on the cellular level, have a certain structure. And that structure is designed and created by nature. And 
when we look at the world of hormone replacement, it's very, 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 probably the most important concept to nail down when you begin this discussion is, are we talking about biochemical, bioidentical hormones or are we talking about synthetic hormones? Because you can't extrapolate that they're the same thing. They are not the same thing because one, bioidentical hormones mimics the biochemistry, the exact cellular construction and makeup of the hormone that is produced by the organ or gland that produces it. In other words, on a, on a, under a microscope, you can't tell, gosh, did the tes testes produce this testosterone or is this a testosterone uh, that you're taking in, in the form of a cream or a shot? You can't tell. That's a bioidentical hormone. And we're going to discuss all of the amazing benefits and all of the false labels and false fears that have been put in, put on the bioidentical world because of this other area, which is called a synthetic hormone. A synthetic hormone is something that we call, let's say, testosterone. But when you look at it biochemically at the cell level, they're not the same. You can call it whatever you want, but you can't. You can't say that <clears throat> something that is not the same will have the same effect. And so it's very, very important when you're discussing or considering hormones or you're doing some self-study and you're reading, are they actually talking about natural, bioidentical, the same molecule that your body produces naturally? Or are we talking about a pharmaceutically manufactured synthetic version of it? These two are separate universes. They're playing different sports. They're not even, they, they really, it's unfair to have them in the same conversation. However, they get lumped into the hormone conversation and then it leads you to be confused. It leads doctors to be confused. And then everybody goes, I don't know. So I'm not getting involved. So it's very, very important that we distinguish the difference between bioidentical and synthetic. The second biggest misconception and, I, and if you've been following us for any period of time, you know that I'm very passionate about the difference. So I'm a word guy. Words matter. Definitions matter because we throw things around and we don't really understand what we're saying and other people. And you just get confused. There is a difference between normal and optimal. So normal is... Um, Another way of saying maybe common or average, or if we took a thousand people and we measured some level of whatever we were measuring, we would say this appears to be a normal range. But some of these normal ranges are very, very vast and they have profound implications on what end of the spectrum of normal you may or may not be on. Unfortunately, many people need to be in the upper quartile of normal in order to feel better. The commonest example I can give you is, 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 is in the world of hormones, they're thyroid, right? I feel like I have every symptom of thyroid disease, yet when I go to my doctor, they say, it's not your thyroid. Well, how do you know that, doctor? I have every symptom. Well, your numbers are normal. Yeah, but when I take thyroid, I actually feel better you see, optimal versus normal. Optimal is where you function as a human being at a better 
as a better version of you. you I use the, the illustration of a speed limit or driving a certain speed. You know, I say, is 50 miles an hour a normal speed to drive? Well, anybody who drives knows that's a normal speed. But that's not enough to say, is it an optimal speed? Because it's the context. Are you driving across country? Is 50 miles an hour a normal speed to drive across country? Yes, but it is not optimal. You're never going to get there. 75 is a much more optimal number, right? That's a, that, that, that's a way better speed to be going if you actually have the goal of traveling. Now, 50 miles an hour, if you're driving down Main Street, is both normal and optimal. See, it depends on what your goals are. It's, it depends on where you're going and how you feel along the way. And so as you're pursuing this world of hormones, I really wanted to frame out this very first in a series of seven, a discussion about hormones, framing out the difference between bioidentical and synthetic and the difference between normal and optimal. You will hear me use those terms back and forth. I just want to make sure that you understand what it is I'm actually talking about when I talk about it. Okay. So what is this what does this mean for you? Like why are we even having the conversation about hormones? I want to give you the two in my opinion, one man's opinion, the most important, the two most important reasons you even need to be considering replacing and optimizing your hormones. Number 1, optimized hormones reduce disease. There is data, and I will be providing some of this in the links, uh, some links into the show notes of each show where we do a deep dive in each one of these hormones. But the, the data is so clear that disease reduction, the improved mortality and morbidity when we optimize hormones is so unbelievable. So number one, the reason this should matter to you is that Hormones increase lifespan. You, it just reduces disease. That's number one. And everybody should be interested in reducing disease. Thing number two is hormones make you feel better. I mean, what is depression? It's a deficiency in the hormones that make you feel good, like dopamine, like serotonin, when you take a Prozac or the like, it is increasing the level of these feel-good hormones. When you see somebody who you love and you haven't seen in a while, that rush of feeling is a hormonal response. Hormones make you feel. Without hormones, you don't feel. And f the way you feel determines the quality of your life. Right. This is how people with a hundred million dollars in the bank can end their life. Right. It has nothing to do with money. It has nothing to do with status. It's the way they feel. And likewise, somebody with no money in the bank can sit on the front porch and be happy as can be. The difference of those people is on a biochemical level. And that biochemical is hormone. Let me say that difference is the levels in their hormones that affect 
feeling. So the most important reasons that you need to be having this discussion with your physician and you need to be really, really taking this seriously is number one, hormone optimization reduces disease. And by reducing disease, you can increase lifespan. The second reason is not only is your lifespan increased, but you feel better along the way. So we're actually adding quality to our years. So we're adding vibrancy. And listen, I am very interested in living as long as humanly possible, feeling as good as possible. And so should you. And I want that for you. So I hope that makes sense. Here are the conversations that I believe you need to be having with your doctor today. Number one, <clears throat> again, if you followed us uh, in any previous episodes, you know I'm very passionate about knowing your levels. What are your numbers? It's going to be very important as we do deep dives into each of these hormones that I believe are very important for you to understand that you know what your levels are. Not just at face value are they higher know what they are. You got to know your numbers. The second conversation is around this topic of normal versus optimal. If you feel bad and your numbers are normal, I would implore you to pursue a conversation around moving those normal numbers first to the upper limits of normal to see if there's a shift in the way you feel and potentially slightly above normal because you might be slightly different than the norm, the average, based on what makes you feel the best. Again, we're going to go deep into what these numbers are, how they matter for you in future episodes, in future uh, in this series, uh, each hormone will be kind of broken down, but just in general, just conceptually, I want you to wrap your head around this that, and for a lot of you, this, this is a good first conversation. Hey doc, my thyroid, you know, I know in the past we've talked about my thyroid and you've told me it's normal. Can we look at those numbers, right? Can you share with me where I fall on the normal spectrum? Am I like barely normal? Am I middle normal or am I already upper limits of normal? Because I'm having feelings like it's low. Wouldn't it be reasonable to move me from the lower quartile to the higher quartile of normal to see if I feel better? And the answer is yes. And it needs to be yes. And you need to have these conversations with your doctor. Um, the, the number three conversation that you also need to be having while you're pursuing and considering these hormonal discussions are, are the following. Do you have any risk factors that need to be considered that would kind of take hormones off the table from a risk benefit standpoint? And the most common um, risk factors uh, are things like pregnancy. For example, uh, women who are pregnant, there are many hormones that are not safe for baby um, and, and really should be pursued when you're not pregnant. Um, there are a number of hormones that actually need to be optimized during pregnancy so that you can have a healthy pregnancy. Matter of fact, one of the most common reasons for a second or third trimester miscarriage is a deficiency in progesterone. Progesterone is a hormone. We're going to do a whole episode um, on progesterone in a few in a few shows 
but we're going to discuss this. But progesterone deficiency for miscarriage is standard practice, but yet we don't really check or follow it. So that's just an example. Thyroid is another that you can have miscarriages or complications during your pregnancy if your thyroid isn't optimal during pregnancy. Um, so there are some that are not safe and some that are safe. So pregnancy is definitely a risk factor to be considered um, while you're pursuing um, hormone replacement. The second uh, risk factor that you probably should be very, very aware of are do you have any clotting disorders? The most common would be uh, factor five Leiden, antithrombin three, um, there's three or four others and I'm spacing on what they are right now. But if you have a clotting disorder, a family history of blood clots in your legs, um, you really should be careful because again, there are some hormones that could be risky and some that you do need to be on despite the risk, some that are fine. Um, so, so blood clots in the leg, blood clots in the lungs, a clotting disorder, a family history of these things, uh, potentially even a history of stroke, um, you know, because these strokes, a lot of these strokes are caused by clots. And so the clotting disorder is, is, is really something you should really be careful with. Um, and lastly, the risk factors that you really need to be careful with is any active prostate cancer for men and any woman with active uh, breast cancer or a history of breast cancer or even a family history of breast cancer it needs to be very very you need to be very very careful um and again you don't need to be afraid you just need to be careful and you need to have conversations with with physicians who understand these diseases the risk profile and the benefits of bioidentical hormones uh and what risks they may impose should you have one of these risk factors so those are just some things to to be considered here are the big take-home points bioidentical hormone replacement is a big deal there's a reason you feel so good at 25. There's a reason that you peaked at 2025. It's hormones. There's a reason a 25-year-old feels like they can conquer the world and a 55-year-old feels like they're holding on for their life and, and, and they're, it's just slowly and steadily slipping away. The only difference between a 25-year-old and a 55-year-old other than life experience is hormone levels. And when we get a 55-year-old's hormone levels, back to that of a 25-year-old version of themselves, guess what? Not only do they prevent disease, they feel great. You should be interested in this discussion. The second big take-home point is bioidentical hormones are not the same as synthetic hormones. We cannot extrapolate that they are the same. We cannot play, place the same risk or benefit profile on them both because they are different. This is massively important. And the third take-home point is that optimal is not necessarily normal. Or said another way, normal is not necessarily optimal. Just because you have normal levels doesn't mean you've been optimized on your hormone levels. And you really need to get some clarity around this to give you the best chance to prevent disease and the best chance to feel great. So listen, I hope you enjoyed this show. This is just the introduction, uh, episode one of seven of a seven part series on all about hormones. I really hope you enjoy this just a fraction, uh, as much as I have, uh, enjoyed preparing these uh, episodes for you. I am very, very passionate about this. It's 
probably one of the top three things that I am most excited and passionate about. Uh, and I hope that I can deliver some valuable information to you that you can take back to your physician and talk with your family, your friends, your doc, and really make some huge uh, impact in your life, both health and the way you feel. Um, hit the like button, share this with anybody who you think would find it valuable. Um, and I always love the comments. Please leave your comments. The engagement is uh, just a blast for me. Um, and it would mean the world if you would leave a review. We, we put this show out on our blog. We also put it out on iTunes and on our YouTube channel. So wherever you're consuming this material, um, it'd mean a lot to me if you left a review. Um, listen, I hope this was valuable for you. And we will talk again in one week where we are going to dive into testosterone replace for, for men. I cannot wait to jump into that with you. Until then, have a great week. Go get them, guys. Talk soon. Hey everybody, thanks again for watching the show. I'm sure it goes without saying, but I feel compelled to share with you. Obviously, I wanna help uh, as many people as possible. Um, but before you make any medical changes, please, please consult with your physician. Don't do any of this on your own. Um, you don't wanna put yourself in any harm's way. And um, again, thanks a bunch for watching the show. If you have any questions or comments, again, please leave them and we'll get back to you. Take care.